Hello, and welcome to Lessons with Dad. And I'm here with my daughter, Ruthie. Hi. We've been out for a couple of weeks. It's uh, allergy season, and both myself and Ruthie have been uh, hit hard this year. But we're back and excited to get into Acts chapter 14. So, Ruthie, we're going to begin right here at the be at uh, chapter 14. And as we've gone through the earlier chapters of Acts, uh, we started with Peter and now Paul, who was not originally one of the disciples. He believed later he actually persecuted the Christians, if you remember, uh, the early Christians. But then on the road to Damascus, uh, he saw a light and his life was changed forever. And now he has become the apostle uh, and the person that's been charged to take the word uh, to the ends of the Well, everyone was charged to take the word of God to the ends of the earth, but he's really becoming one of the first missionaries and very well documented. Thank goodness that Luke documented all of what happened here. So he and Barnabas have gone out and they, Ruthie, this pattern is going to happen everywhere they go. They get opposed just like, did you know, was Jesus accepted everywhere he went? No, no, he wasn't. And he jesus received i mean he was killed for goodness sake uh, because of what he was saying and doing and so the early christians shouldn't be surprised by what they're getting but paul and barnabas continue to run into uh, barriers as they try to spread the word of jesus christ and the good news of the gospel so let's let's hear what he says but it doesn't deter them because they are fueled by the holy spirit and have the power of god behind them so I'll begin at the beginning, and then you can take over down here. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogue. So what does that tell you? They As usual means what, Ruthie? They went there often. That's right. So they always, every week they went. It's like us. People would say, hey, you regularly go to church. Well, he has was his custom. They went to church every week. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of, of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. So again, what was the purpose, Ruthie, of the signs and wonders and miracles that they did what what was the purpose why did god give them that power to spread the word and and to spread the word but why what else what did it say right here um speaking boldly for the lord so they spoke boldly for the lord but the the lord did what Uh, message of grace. So, but it, right here, read what, what it says. Enabling right? them to do miracles. Right. Who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling to do them, them to do. So what does that mean to confirm their message? What does that mean? Like, so they have a, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, what they're spreading is true. Yeah, that's right. Knuckles right there. That's what it means. That's. So what 
why, why did Jesus, Jesus did miracles for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons, and even Jesus said this, if you don't believe the words I'm saying, believe on the fact of the miracles themselves. And so God gave them the ability to do these miracles because they went in first preaching a message of good news and, and in, in that they, they could be saved by believing in Jesus. And then God gave them the ability to do miracles so that their message was confirmed, meaning what I'm saying is from God, right? You can believe because if what I was saying wasn't true, God wouldn't give this ability. So that's that's a huge point here on what they're doing. And one of the things that can give us confidence because things like this don't spread the way this was spreading. The good news wouldn't spread. Everyone didn't believe because some people just had you know, they cared more about themselves. They were greedy or they had hearts that, uh, you know, liked the praise and the things they got from others because of their position. But here it, it shows that they, they were confirmed with these miraculous signs and wonders. The people, and then it continues in verse four, the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out, they found out about it and fled to Lyconium, to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derby, and to the surrounding country, where they continued to preach the good news. So again, what did they do? They found out that they were going to try to hurt them or kill them, and then they ran to another area and then just continued to preach. So let's read what happens here in verse 8, Ruthie. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the... How do you say that? Lyconian? Lyconian language. The goods have come the down. Gods. The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief of he was the chief speaker. So what do you think? What do you think uh, Paul and Barnabas thought about being called gods? Um they didn't really support it because mm. They're not. Go That's ahead. right. And they knew you don't want to be called. Remember, if you remember Herod, when he didn't deny being a God, when, when the people said your, your words are like God, he died because of that. You don't want to be called God. We are not God. We are just mere humans. And that's they're, they're God's messengers. When they do miracles, it's not because God gave them the ability to bring themselves glory, but to bring glory to God. And if they accept that for themselves, woe be to them. So let's let's hear what they what they do after getting that kind of uh, reception from the crowd. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men human like you. 
We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he was not yet he was not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in the seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. So it's pretty interesting here, Ruthie. Um, They did miracles and the people wanted to call them gods. What does that tell you about what they were doing? Um, who was doing that Paul, the, the miracles they were doing and the miraculous signs, what were the, what do you think it, do you think it had to be pretty impressive? Or did, did, what do you think the people thought? Like they didn't believe it, that it was real. Yeah. Well, they saw the people, this was a person who had been paralyzed from birth, right? This one person that was lame from birth and that, that they saw that person walking. So clearly what well, they thought it was a God. They didn't think it was like Jesus, right? They thought they were gods. They thought, my gosh, if you have this kind of power, you must be gods. You, this stuff just doesn't happen. And so they were amazed. That means what they were doing was super powerful and unbelievable to get that kind of response. Do, do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this is not normal stuff they're doing. And so even though they said, you know, they're tearing their clothes and saying, don't call us gods, don't do this. The people still couldn't help themselves. They wanted to call them. And and that shows you the power that God had poured out on them through the Holy Spirit, which is a big deal, Ruthie. So that that that's just the God wanted his message to spread and he did it through that. But some people just couldn't get away from what they had seen in front of them. So continue here. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. That's right. So amazingly, no matter how awesome the miracles are and what he's doing and the signs and wonders, some people are just jealous no different than Jesus. So they stone him. And again, Paul is protected by the Holy Spirit. He gets up (laughs) and they think he's dead, but God again, protects him and saves him. And then they go around, they leave and they're going to go somewhere else and preach. So let's hear, I'll continue in 21. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in which they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Attila. So again, they're going all over, aren't they? They're going everywhere and everywhere they go, Ruthie, they're planning churches. How many people do you think are in each church that they're, that they're setting up? Um, 
I'm not sure. Take a guess. What do you think? I mean, they're going to these, these are small towns, right? They don't have cars. They don't have vehicles. Like a hundred? Hmm. Maybe it's hard to know. So we don't know. Uh, my guess is it's a lot less than that, but it might be a hundred in a big city. It might be a hundred people. They probably met in people's houses. So my guess is it's a group of somewhere between 10 and a hundred probably, but maybe 20, 25, but it could have been a hundred or more. Uh, but everywhere they go, they're going to appoint elders or key people to help the faith. And I'm sure in, in these cities, it probably grew over a hundred in, in, in many of them. But again, th these are people that are meeting in homes and small groups and talking. And again, the more they grow and the more they do, they, they face persecution. So, um, it was an interesting time. From Attila, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commanded to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there for a long time with the disciples. So again, they went back to where they started. They reported everything that they had done, Ruthie, on this. This is like their first missionary journey. And they go through, uh, we'll see as we go. I think it's at least three missionary journeys that Paul goes on. This is his first missionary journey. He and Barnabas go out. They do a bunch of work. They go to cities. They plant little churches uh, in all of these cities. And what is he saying? A bunch of Gentiles. And remember, who, who are the Gentiles? Who are Gentiles? The Jews? No. So it's the opposite of that. The Jews are the Jews. The Gentiles are everyone that's non-Jewish. All right. So Gentiles are everyone that's non-Jewish. So when, remember, Paul started preaching to the Jews, but when the Jews rejected his message, that's when he went out, Ruthie, to the Gentiles. And remember, that's what Peter did at the beginning a few chapters ago. Peter went and, and met with some Jews. Remember when he met with, um, I think it was Cornelius, uh, one of this a centurion, and God had told him in a vision that it was all right to eat certain foods that they had normally not eaten, and it was all right to associate with uh, non-Jewish people. So basically, Gentiles are non-Jewish people, and they nor in the past, they wouldn't associate with them. But now God is saying, look, the message of Jesus is for everyone, not just the Jews. It's for the Gentiles as well. And what do you think the Jews and the people who Jesus had come to first are going to think when all these, these Gentiles, what are the Jews going to think when all these Gentiles start becoming a part of this new faith? You think they're going to be happy about it? No. <laughs> Probably not. What, what do you think it's going to cause between the two different groups? Um, I mean, they're going to be angry at each other. They might. And, and hopefully they won't be angry, but certainly some conflict. And there's differences because they're different cultures. These are people that act and do different things, but now they're part of a common group. They're all Christians and they believe in the faith of God through Jesus Christ. And so they have this common bond. So I hope, Again, things do sometimes you get angry and 
even in churches, there are uh, difficult disputes about what are the right things to do or wrong things to do. And churches struggle with those things. And we're going to see the early church struggles, Ruthie, with some of these things, because what food should we eat? What, who should be allowed in? What things should you do? Shouldn't you do? And we're going to see in the next chapter, they have a big council about it because all these different people are coming in and there's a huge response from the non-Jewish, which are Gentiles, to respond to the message that God has that Barnabas and Paul have been spreading. So in chapter 15, we're going to hear about, hey, everyone's excited that we have all these people believing, but that causes some challenges for the early church. And it's neat to see, Ruthie, um, things in churches and with God, well, God's always perfect, but with churches, when human people are involved, do you think everything's smooth and perfect all the time? No. No. And so it's not, there's going to be conflict. And uh, I don't know, how do you think you resolve conflict like that? try to agree on one thing maybe. that's right and and who else would you seek or maybe go to uh if if you weren't sure what the right thing to do there's two different sides there's these different groups and people um what do you think how, how would you take the time to think carefully about it what, what what would you do as a christian as a new christian like go to jesus yeah and how would you do that if uh since he's not there anymore pray about mm. it. Yeah, that's right. I think it probably spent a lot of time in prayer. The Holy Spirit's really powerful at this time. So it's pretty cool that, you know, God is probably working to influence and, and help guide them through the Holy Spirit. But, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's valuable and we'll see what they do, but prayer would be a big part of that. No different than what we should do today when we have a difficult decision or when there's conflict in our churches, which happens every day, every, all around the world. Uh, because there's different people and we're human and we make mistakes. So when we're trying to solve these things, just like the early church, work together, talk about it uh, and pray and try to find a compromise that uh, that stays true, right? That stays true to scripture. So, and like you said, always seek Jesus. Well, Ruthie, that wraps it up for today. Any thoughts or closing comments before we go? Um, I never knew that they called the disciples like gods. Yeah. Like Zeus. I know. And and they weren't happy about it. And <laughs> so it it is. Well, and, and imagine when they're doing miracles, right? They tried when you see things that you know aren't possible, they people try to come up with an explanation other than this is through God. And that's God was doing it clearly for that message because there's no way this could be done by humans. It had to come from God and not them being gods. It came from God through Jesus Christ. And that's why they could believe in their message. So it's a really good point. You, you may not know that people were trying to call them gods, but they resisted that uh, and, and stayed true because they knew that they were not gods. They only had that by one reason through the Holy Spirit. So listen, thank you for joining us for chapter 14 of the book of Acts, and we'll see you next week on Lessons with Dad.